Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another great Pure Victory Podcast episode. Thank you guys for checking in with us. Braden here and Matt across from me once again. And we hope you're doing well. And thanks again for, you know, really coming on the journey with us of helping others, helping yourself get porn out of your lives, helping your relationships and sex in those areas. So thanks for doing this and spreading the word as well. Today, we have another great guest, Brett Ullman. And we really appreciate Brett. He's a speaker and an author. He's done some stuff with family life that we've so greatly appreciated in regards to parenting. And you need to check his stuff out, brettallman.com. He has a lot of great resources there. And um, we really encourage you to look into it. And today we're going to be talking specifically about mental health and how that relates to porn and if porn is in our lives and have a broader conversation about that. But Brett, thanks so much for being here with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm really I love the little intro you were giving, like it is a journey. And so it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I listened to a bit of the last podcast you guys were doing and, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. You bet. Well, we want to chat with you about, about mental health. I know that that's something that's been, um, big in your life and passionate mm-hmm. for you. It's a passion for you to talk about. There's a direct link between that and addiction. We see a lot with guys in in our programs and ministry and people that we talk to where they've got this mental health battle. But a little bit from your story, how did you get into it and, and uh, how personal is it to you? So I've been speaking for 20, oh, I think I'm 24 years now. Uh, I was a teacher with the Toronto District School Board for nine of that. Uh, after finishing leaving teaching, and so I was speaking on topics like media and I was actually doing self-harm back then kind of back in that day, we, we addressed self-harm, eating disorders, kind of 
outside the umbrella of mental health. Uh, but I left teaching. I did a program called the Arrow Leadership Program. And then I went and did a master's degree of evangelism and leadership at a school in Chicago called Wheaton. This is where my life changed. Uh, I began, so I'm an international student, even though for me, I just live outside of Toronto. It's only like a 55 minute flight to Chicago. I'm now speaking not 125 speaking dates a year, which is actually very normal. You know, two or three talks a week, some busier than others. I was speaking 275 to 300 speaking dates a year. Wow. wow. And I'm married with two kids and I run a not-for-profit. I'm writing a book a year in those seasons. And I began to unravel. And like, you just can't, you can't just like, I mean, I remember I once spoke 32 times in 14 days. And I look back and I'm like, I, it's absolutely you know, it's just, it was uh, ludicrous, not the musician, the word, right? Like just absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that uh, in that moment, it was all that I, like, I felt trapped. Like I started a master's, I have a year and a half left, I need to finish. And so it's just like, I will get through it. But like, and like it, when I'm speaking that much, it's like, well, I can pay for my food. I can pay for my flight. And I began to have interventions Remember that TV show intervention where people would sit people down? I always thought I'd be the intervener, right. not the intervenee. Is that the right terminology? Yeah. Oh, we got you. And suddenly my family, my friends, uh, my board of directors are sitting me down and say, you got to slow down. And I said to all of them, I will after March 1st, 2012, because I'll graduate. And I actually had a doc. I was a master's in leadership. Like I have a document of how I can rebalance my life. I graduated. And the next morning I woke up two hours early and within five months, I wasn't sleeping at all. I was just, I was up all night and just feeling, I say tingly, it's a weird word, but you know what I mean? You're just kind of lying in bed and you're not okay. And I began having issues as I was speaking. Uh, I'm, you can't tell from a voice, I'm six foot six. And so like, I wouldn't usually be on stage. I would walk across the bottom of a church uh, floor and one day in front of like four or 500 students, the world just turned sideways. And I remember kind of in the front of my head speaking, in the back of my head praying, and then kind of saying, you know, God, how do I gracefully pass out in front of people? Do I go down to one knee? Do I just fall over? This happened event after event after event. Uh, and then I, it all came to a head. I was at a camp and walking out of a McDonald's, uh, my equilibrium completely shot. My wife walked me to my car like a blind person. I didn't leave the cottage for the week, didn't leave my house for five months, and I didn't work for an entire year. And like I said earlier, 2012, it's 2021, almost 2022. I still struggle. I wow. still don't sleep well. I still have panic attacks. Uh, I'm still in, you know, yesterday I'm doing intravenous therapy at a clinic and I still do all kinds of things. I got diagnosed with Lyme disease a few years ago. Like, is that the cause? Or as my doctor said, are you really unlucky? Which is really kind of dark humor, but <laughs> so it's uh, mental health has become to me uh, one of the biggest conversations, especially for those of us uh, like me who are, we talk about long haul COVID, like I'm eight years on a mental health journey. And I hear from a lot of people, especially men, they've had long journeys. And I don't think people know what to do with people like us. Yeah. And so looking at how, how we can begin this path, and I'm very pragmatic. I want structure for this conversation. And mental health is so nuanced, right? Words matter. And 
every church, every pastor, every person has differing opinions sometimes. And so I always try to bring this together, right? How can we have some answers to people who are struggling? And the same is with pornography, right? It's not just you do X, Y, and Z, even though we say X, like it's a, it's a larger conversation with lots of nuance and everyone's a little bit different. I remember a focus, this isn't even that long ago to me, to be honest for me, but a focus so much in my life has been to be able to handle things. Like I want to be able to handle things and not, hmm. you know, go into escape or not to you know, go into sin or whatever. Like I want to be able to just handle things. And I remember, I felt like the Lord said to me, it's not just being able to handle things. That's one element to it. Like have my strength come in and, and be present in your life. But also like you've got to order your life in a way that you're not overwhelmed. And Jesus did that so well. But as a man, I think so many men and women too, but mostly probably men struggle with this, this idea that we want to be able to do things. We can handle it. Like, no, I'm fine. But at what, like, what was that process for you to come to a point where humility kicked in, where you're like, man, maybe I can't actually do what I thought that I could do and be a Superman like I wanted to be. What was that process like for you? So I call it my pre-breakdown. I know it's not a medical term, but over the five months was a lot of like, Okay, I got, you know, I was busy, you know, get some good night's sleeps, go for a couple of walks, exercise more. And then I thought, oh, I'm good. And I go back on the road. And I mean, I spoke out in Camrose, Alberta. I was at a camp uh, retreat center. People came to hear me speak and I had a panic attack and left. Like you picture, like, welcome, Brett Allman. And I drove away. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, come home. And like, I never thought I'd be on an eight, nine year journey with this, you know, you know, I had pneumonia in grade seven, like I'm 50, like in grade seven, a long time ago, it was three weeks. It was, you know, that's a huge amount of time. So I think after having these up and downs and it always felt like, remember if you go to a carnival, they have those whack-a-mole, you know, the, the little mole sticks up and you whack it yeah. with a, like a mallet. It's kind of how I felt every time I stuck my head up and I'm like, I think I'm getting better. It was like, bam, get hit again. So it was after, you know, after my actual breakdown and I'd been home for four and five months realizing like, this is, this is different. Like this is a, this is actually life-changing for me. Like I hadn't worked in five months. My wife actually came in one day and said, we need to chat. And it was a, she had a conversation on whether I was going to take my life, like not what I expected, but it shows just the dark place I was in. And, uh, yeah, I'm still like, it's funny. We still all want to be in, in charge of ourselves yeah. and we, we work, I think too, for women, many women stay home with kids for a season. My wife was at home for like eight or nine years and then went back to nursing for men. We just work. And I think we, we over, like we push and we push and we work too much. You can't work 80 hours a week and not have something break your marriage your body, your mind, right? You, you look at self-harming by doing things, addictions, alcohol, drugs, porn. Yeah, I kind of rambled on that question you gave me there, but uh, I, for me, it's it's still something I'm I'm learning. And just also the realization that I'm, like we live in the now, but the not yet, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm broken, like I am not, I'm not well, but I'm also like, this is, it doesn't define me. You know, like I can be unwell and I can do a podcast. I can be unwell and drive my son to university last week. Like it's hard, but we can do hard things like to quote, I think one of the books that I've read, like, and so it's just uh, it's a process of trying to figure out how to live for me, how to do that in marriage and as a family and other things like that. Mm. 
really appreciate your your genuineness and authenticity with us, Brett, because the conversation around mental health, I know for years, I mean, that term mental health, what does that mean? And often mm-hmm. it's not something you see tangibly. Like if you hurt your your wrist, you know, you, you can see maybe you get a cut or something. You see the damage that, that has been inflicted on your body. You might have an understanding, okay, I need to heal this. But when it comes to mental health, that's not always there. And more often than not, you know, we were told maybe from the past or, you know, um, messaging that we've been given that you just need to suck it up or you just need to push through or whatever, right? Whatever the messaging is and it doesn't work. So the conversation about this needs to change. And so what you're saying and what you're sharing is so important. But for us that have maybe a hard time recognizing when our life is spiraling down before it's too late, what are some signs that maybe you noticed in your own life and, and that you have helped others too, to recognize that, you know, my mental health, my health, my wellness is not doing well. Um, what are some things that we can be visually or not even visually, but maybe just be aware of so that we can, we can actually get some help or move towards healing? Yeah, let me, if I can, let me go one step even farther back and let's define mental health. Sure. Because there's, there's actually a difference between mental health and mental illness. Mm. And it's a very important one. Uh, so mental health is like, just like you, we all have physical health. We have mental health and mental health is defined by the world health organization. There's this big paragraph, like you can be fruitful in your work. Fruitful is an interesting word, but you, you know what I mean by that, right? Yeah. We can realize potential, you know, we're part of our families, our churches, our things. Um, and if you think of, um, I know it's a podcast, so think of like an up and down axis, good mental health, poor mental health. And so, uh, you know, in, I don't know when it happens this year, but like the time change will happen soon for a lot of us. And suddenly it's dark at like five o'clock mm. and like seasonal affective disorder will start to kick in. We'll feel blah, yeah. but that's not mental illness. This is mental health. Right. And this is where sometimes you know, people kind of say like, what's the weird, like pick up your bootstraps. I don't think we understand that at all, but it's like, that's a mental health conversation, but you can't say that to someone with schizophrenia, with bipolar, with depression, because it's a different thing. So the other axis would be mental illness. And these are um, things that are actually like their conditions, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, like the a whole list of these things and they're diagnosed not by you not by me not by a pastor unless any of us are trained right unless we're a psychologist unless we're uh you know a doctor psychiatrist and this is where you get the other axis so for someone like me i have high mental illness but while i have high mental illness i need to work on having high and good mental health and it, it takes a second to think through that sometimes but it's really it's just like my friends who are going through prostate cancer surgery while they do that and have four, like they kind of have poor physical health, they can work at having good mental health. And I like that. I also think it, it starts putting some things into consideration of how we get better because saying, pick up your bootstraps or just, you know, if it's depression, just you'll be okay. Like these are things that maybe, and I say maybe for mental health might help a little bit, but if you're heading into mental illness, these are bigger conversations. And this is where it's hard in the church world. Like in the past, I'm not going to use names, but like large preacher in the U.S. a few years ago was being interviewed at a huge uh, summit and he had depression. And the person interviewing him said to him, so like, what did you do? Were you on meds? What did you do? And he said, oh, I just said one day, I'm not doing this. And I got better. And I'm like, 
I had 50 people write me from all around saying like, is that like, like, is that all it takes then? Someone like me, just like, I'm therefore just not doing enough. I haven't got to a place where I've just said, you know, I'll be like, that's not a reality. Another person uh, in another interview, large pastor, I mean, large pastor, large church pastor. How how much did Uh, he weigh? (laughs) (laughs) So he's being interviewed and he says, um, worship music was the healer for me. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And then I read his story. He's on medications. He's seeing a psychologist once or twice a week. He's exercising daily. He's eating better. He's sleeping more. And he listens to worship music on his walks. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like everyone listening now puts on the newest, like today, what Maverick City album. And we're like, oh, I guess this will heal me. And it's like, there's so much nuance to this question. And this is why even in the church world, we need to begin to walk through. There are so many ways we come into struggling with mental health. Like, uh, and we'll get into this porn conversation in a minute, but like, you know, it could be uh, postpartum which my wife had, like, uh, it could be uh, substance abuse. I mean, I, there is ish, a lot of kids I see smoking marijuana and head into anxiety. It doesn't help, but I find it actually hurts. Uh, chronic unwellness, like me, predisposition, traumatic events, burnout, breakdown, um, over-parenting, which might sound like a really weird one, but when we over-function as parents, our kids under-function. Right. And they're then our kids are not ready. Like when they head off to college, university, apprenticeships or whatever else, they're just not ready because mom and dad have always done the things for them. But poor diet, lack of sleep, pressure, stress, like there's such a big conversation. So when we give pat answers, any pat answers, I'm always like, no, because a pat answer says to someone like, well, you need to do that. And everybody's a bit different. Like someone who has postpartum or someone who's, you know, uh, you know, had, like is different than someone who hasn't had good sleeps for a while. Like they're very different. One might be more chemically based. One might not be. And so answers just need to be not kind of like, there were two people who posted in a few months on social media, Jesus is the answer for anxiety. And I wrote, wrote both of them and just said like, that sounds really good. But like, what is the, like Jesus is the answer to our salvation and many things, but like, is Jesus the answer to your, what's for dinner tonight? Like, and it sounds disrespectful. Like it's, my point is just, it's such, it's a meme, but then someone like me kind of goes, well, I guess I haven't tried Jesus enough. And that's like, it's too often. I find the words we use are incredibly hurtful. There's a quote and I want to read it. So I get it right. Uh, There's a really great book uh, called mental health in the church by Stephen Grekvich. And he says this herein lies one of the most pervasive misunderstandings regarding mental illness that God spares this kind of pain and suffering from those with deep and abiding faith. That's a really, like, I begin all my mental health talks with that. Because I just want to say, like, if you're struggling, it's not that you haven't done enough. It's not that God, like, everyone who's doing well, God spared them, and somehow God hasn't spared you. We live in a broken world, and there are many ways you could come into mental health struggles, and there's many ways that we can come out of it as well. And our faith is part of that. When, when some, there's a lot there that you said, when, when somebody comes to you and they're going, Hey, Brett, I struggle with mental health. At what point do you say, Hey, maybe meds are, are necessary. You talk about sometimes it's chemical based, sometimes it's not. Other than that, like when are meds necessary? But part two to the question is what else do you do? Like you don't just say, Hey, put on worship and do nothing else. But, But how do you start the process of getting better? 
Yeah, I guess I didn't even answer your first question, which is what are some symptoms of when you're struggling? So like for me, um, not sleeping, can't fall asleep, can't stay asleep, wake up earlier. Now with all of this, like I'm 50, waking up earlier is very normal. Going to bed early, like, uh, you know, I go to bed at 1030 and my kids go out for the night at 1030. <laughs> yeah, right. So there are conversations that always need to be kind of, again, I use the word nuance all the time because it matters. Um, feeling anxious, like just feeling, you know, when your feet fall asleep or your hands fall asleep, like feeling that, but that's, there's nothing happening. Um, for me, uh, dizziness, I get very dizzy. Like if, if I was coming out to a family life event to speak, I would speak in a chair. I ask for a big wing back chair for whatever reason, when I sit in a chair with the arms, if I feel dizzy, I just put my head back. And I've learned, I'm not passing out, but my body's anxious. And so there's strategies that I've kind of learned with that. Um, I mean, panic attacks and panic attack is kind of like someone takes a grenade, pulls a pin and it explodes inside you. Like just overwhelming emotions where we feel we need to get out. But like the lists go on of those kinds of things. And so here's a, like, and this is pre-COVID, someone will kind of wait around after one of my talks, often men. And when no one's left, they'll come over and say, hey, this is what's happening with me. And they're like, do you think I struggle? And I always just answer the same way. If you think you have anxiety, you probably have anxiety. Mm -hmm. If you think you're depressed, you're probably depressed. Like no one thinks they're anxious unless they feel a little shaky, unless like they're worrying, they're ruminating over thoughts. Like no one says, am I depressed? Unless you feel blah. And feeling blah doesn't mean you have clinical depression. It might. It might just be that there's a season in your life. And often for many of us, this is in the wintertime, right? Those dark and dreary months, like November, February. Uh, but so there's many of those things. So your question about meds, uh, and I'm going to put meds into the second question, which is, well, what do you do? I really love the analogy of body, mind, and soul. I think it is a system that we can all use because... Uh, we, so in my talk, I have a slide where I put all the things I just mentioned, right? Chronic unwellness, poor diet, lack of like this whole list of things. And often what people say is, well, the answer is just Jesus. And so I put all the arrows to Jesus. And I just kind of say, I disagree with that because if your issue is, um, you know, poor diet, why don't we have a better diet? And it might like someone once said, well, that's, that's revolutionary. I'm like, no, it's not like, over-spiritualization doesn't help us. It hurts us. Like I'm a Christian. I, I live my life with a biblical worldview, but the Bible's filled with physical analogies, right? Eating healthy, running the good race. And so what I do is I put lines across for each of those. Like if, you're, if your problem is sleep, go to a sleep clinic. Let's sleep better, right? Sleep hygiene. If your issue is over-parenting, maybe we, we deal with things better. If the, dish, if the issue is addiction, well, maybe addiction counseling and other therapy, or if it's trauma, maybe trauma counseling. But so body, mind, and soul, your issue might be physical. So eat better. I mean, have you ever heard the term control the controllables? Yeah. It's like if you're eating Big Macs every day and, and junk food and takeout, and you're like, I don't feel good. Well, yeah, you're probably not getting enough nutrients in your life. So eat better, sleep more. And it might mean going to bed a bit earlier, it might mean turning off the video game or whatever else and going to bed. And I have a YouTube video uh, on sleep hygiene, like blackout blinds, cooler, uh, you know, don't have blue light of your screens before you go to bed. Uh, so eat better, 
uh, exercise, like exercise is just a non-negotiable. We should all be exercising every day. I went for an hour bike ride with my wife earlier. I'll walk my dog later. Now I have an English bulldog. We're not walking. Like we saunter <laughs> up the street yeah. and then we yeah. saunter back, but exercise, right? Each of these things plays an incredible role in being physically healthy right. and sleep clinics uh, is a big one too. If, if someone is struggling with sleep, if you do all those basic things at first, and you're still not sleeping well, go to a sleep clinic. Now, here's a great story. So I, uh, I go to a sleep clinic. I've been off work for five months. And if you don't know a sleep clinic, you go to a, it's like a doctor's office. They put electrodes all over your face and your heart and other things. And they monitor you as you sleep in this place all night. In the morning, I went up to the doctor and uh, I said, Hey, can you fix me? And he said, no. And I looked down like discouraged and he kind of you know, like a dad would pick up the chin. He kind of said, look at me. He says, no, this is good. He says, scratch it off your list or put a tick beside it. Now this is not it. And it really helped me to realize that we need to assess properly what's wrong. So for me, it wasn't this youth pastor friend of mine uh, in Edmonton. So I won't use names. I know you guys are there. <laughs> um, he's been off work for probably almost the same amount of time as me. And his church is and I'm going to use this language, they're not an and church, they're an or church, meaning it's not body or mind. It's not like exercise and sleep and counseling in Jesus. It's right. only Jesus. So they tell him, you will not go to a doctor. You will not go to counseling. You will only be prayed for by us. Now, again, that concerns me. Like um, the, that yeah. is a, a response to someone Five months in, he writes me and he says, Brett, I cannot, I can't take this anymore. He's weeping on the phone. He just said like, why, like his point, like his church is saying you need more Jesus. And he's saying like, I kneel daily and pray to God and I'm not better. And it's like, what, what, like, it's this idea that we earn our healing, right? It's this, if I only pray more, if I only read my Bible more. And I said to him, what's your biggest issue? He says, sleep. I said, go to a sleep clinic. So he did. In the morning, it goes up to the doctor. He says, can you fix me? The doctor says, fix you. You have the worst sleep apnea I've ever seen in my career. Wow. And they put him on a BiPAPs. I call them Darth Vader machines, BiPAP CPAP machines. He's better in, honestly, one day. Wow. Like, have you ever not slept and you get a night's sleep? And so this is where assessment really matters. Do we pray to Jesus? Of course we do. But like, we do live in a broken world, right? So everything Everything isn't good and everything's not going to be good, but of course we pray. But going back, so the first one would be the body. Your issue might be physical. So walk through that. The second one would be the mind. And I, I say like, go find a registered therapist, a counselor to walk through these kinds of conversations, get some strategies, get some ideas. Like you're, some people it's dealing with their past. Others, it's just walking through their current situation and then lastly, I say soul, but I don't say your issue might be spiritual. And what I mean by this is that it is unbelievably uncommon that the answer to mental illness or mental health is our faith. Again, Jesus is, is, is our salvation, right? He's our savior. You can use all that language for this, but with mental health, well, here's how I, I just say, like the Bible says, you will have trouble in this world. You will have suffering in this world. And God says, I'll be with you in that. And so our faith is the foundation from which we journey these things, whether we get better or we don't, because we're not promised on this side of heaven that we'll be good. The older I get, the more people I've lost to cancer, to brain aneurysms, to car accidents, like 
right? We live in a broken world. And so I like body, mind, and soul. I think it is a, it's a great place to begin to journey these things. So your question was, uh, Matt, about medications. And so I have two videos and I'll send you these later so you can put them in the show notes. And the first is, I do believe we go on meds too quickly. I think some doctors just, just, it's all they know. So, you know, if, what is the the thing? If all you have is a hammer, all you see is a nail. You've heard Mm -hmm. that one right before, but if the only answer you have to mental health is, um, medications and that's what you'll do. And many doctors have told me they've never had a course on nutrition through medical school ever. And so, uh, before you go on meds, I encourage you to like walk every day for six months. Like, like for me walking, I'm outside. I do not put in AirPods or anything else. I listen, like smell, listen, taste, like just as you walk. Uh, for me, I, I, it's kind of one of my spiritual pathways, nature and God, like, do that, eat healthy, right? No more boxed chicken fingers, uh, eat vegetables, um, cut out pot. Like there's all those kinds of these kinds of things, but do that for five or six months. And if you still aren't better, maybe you go down meds like again, you know, with a doctor, the only time I say different is, is if you're in crisis and I'm working, uh, right now with a farmer in Alberta, crisis, like father of five kids hasn't worked now in six months, like off all summer is crisis, right? Like he's the breadwinner. He cannot work. And so he's on meds and trying to get back to a place where he can, uh, you know, sustain life. And then we can look at coming off meds when I say we, like, I'm just giving him tips and ideas, but if you do need to go on meds, I just say to people, it's okay. It's okay. Like it's okay to not be okay, right? I think it was Perry Noble who once quoted that. And if you're gonna, if you go on meds, it doesn't mean you'll be on them forever. You might, my wife had postpartum, she stills on meds and my daughter's 19 and my son is 17. Like we can always work at coming off things, uh, but like my father's on heart medications, which he might be on the rest of his life as well. But if you do go on meds, uh, there are, um, there's a, a Canadian company called Inagene in a gene, G-E-N-E, and you can actually get a DNA test. They, and I don't know how this one, I did one years ago through KMH, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, where they took like a cheek swab, like uh, cheek cells, and then you spit into a vial and they do a DNA test on you, looking at like for you, what meds should you do? What meds should you not do? And what meds do they not know? Well, and I really like that. It adds a it adds some science because it's not like you have diabetes, you take insulin. I actually was on a lot of meds. Meds did not do well for me. Uh, I did 20, 24. I forget how many, like I was at a sleep clinic and they were stacking medications. And I was, I had issues when I went on while I was on and withdrawal. And so, but a med for me that made me cry in the fetal position saved one of my best friend's life. Wow. Wow. So it's, it's, again, it's not like, Hey, what did you take? This isn't like, right. That's not how this works. And that's where I do like this in a gene conversation. And so uh, I think we need to free ourselves. Like, it's funny. I've had many people tell me, you know, uh, don't take meds, you know, God will heal you. And those people who've approached me, the majority of them wear glasses. And I look at them, I'm like, why isn't God healed your sight? And then they just walk away. Like, I think sometimes we're missing the good conversation on this. Like, you know, 
a practical common sense. I actually really believe in uh, what's often called these days a functional or like an integrative version of medicine, which is like I go to a clinic which has doctors and naturopaths, you know, you go to massage therapy or osteopath, like it's all of these things together. And then we as Christians add our faith component to that, but it's a big conversation, but this is where I love body, mind, and soul because mm. anybody can do it. Right. Yeah. I know. I really appreciate that, Brett. And I wanted to touch on this um, before we, we let you go on this topic, but being that we do discuss porn um, and that's an area that you've also addressed too. And I know you mentioned this when we were chatting, I mean, correlation, causation, whatever else, right? So if you have mental health issues, it doesn't mean you struggle with porn. If you struggle with porn, you don't have mental health issues. We, we get that. But what's the link here if, if there is any? And what, what occurs in this area if, say, porn is an addiction or something you're struggling with? Can you maybe just address that or, or chat about that? Okay. Um, so think from a faith perspective. Like, I, I do think we need to have bigger conversations on a biblical worldview of sexuality. But if we just bring it down to pornography, no one, I say no one, people do argue this. The majority of us would say, we know as Christians, pornography is wrong. It hurts our faith. It hurts our family. It hurts us. And so when people struggle, there is this internal guilt and shame. And I think some of that can help exasperate mental health issues. I also think it's the other way around. So someone like me, someone like many of our listeners uh, on today who are unwell, have you ever heard the term self-harm? So mm -hmm. self-harm is hurting yourself in any way, shape, and form to get beyond overwhelming feelings, thoughts, and emotions. So someone is just like, I've had days when I just would give two seconds just to not have that. Like I haven't slept well in days. My, I feel like someone's sitting on my chest from anxiety all day. And the reality is that people look for something like I continue to look for positive things, exercise. Like there's something about going for a walk for an hour that is so soulful. Like there's the endorphins that kick in. Uh, for many people, they turn to, I mean, self-harm uh, and self-harm is in many things like alcohol and drugs and porn is one of those things. And so I hear from many people, I'm doing like I'm viewing porn to just to feel good for a few minutes because I feel so bad. And so mm -hmm. for those people, we need to first deal with some of the, the mental health issues and understand what's going on and then kind of teach them how to find, you know, better ways to cope not looking at porn. Now, someone else will be different, right? They're addicted to porn. And there's a slew of convert, like, I mean, I'm assuming in your podcast, I mean, there's from the accountability and, you know, and faith, like I always say to people, I want you to be physically strong, spiritually strong, emotionally strong, like I want accountability partners. And like, there's all of these things we do. But I, I do think from a mental health standpoint, it could go either direction. And it might be both of those at the same time. Complexity is something we often don't like in the church because we want an easy answer. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking on pornography at a church. Uh, I had a um, addiction, like a residential addiction treatment group. So many were alcohol and drugs, a lot were porn. 20 or 30 guys were in the front row, not all faith-based either, which was really great. And as I began to speak, um, and I talked about like, there, there's lots of answers in this conversation. A woman stood up and screamed at me that the answer is just Jesus. And if it's not Jesus, everything's heresy. 
And I just, I looked down at these guys and I just felt really sad because they're getting a very skewed view of Jesus that if they only, I guess, met Jesus. And many of them were like a guy said to me at the end, he says, I, I am a Christian. Did I, have I not, have I done something wrong then? And it's like, and of course, the person doesn't follow Matthew and come and talk to me, right? They just leave. And I'm left with the destruction of all these people who are upset at different things. And then thinking that God either hasn't healed them because of something or they need to do something more, as opposed to we have a loving God who forgives us and is with us as we journey through these things. And each of us are a little different. And so it's trying to find kind of the pathway that we all need to follow to hit that place of freedom. And there is hope, right? There is hope in these conversations. It's not that yeah. it's kind of why I don't like the term, like every man's battle, because it's this idea that, well, we'll always have this battle. Yeah. And of course I, I'll turn on Netflix. Like I might finish this podcast and turn on Netflix or prime. And there might be a movie that I know has nudity or something in it. And yeah, you kind of get tempted or not. That's a lot different than, you know, looking at porn every day, like other people do. And so it's, it's moving along so that you are in a better place to overcome temptation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this lifelong, huge daily battle that, that people think when they're, when they're fully in it. But, you know, you, you talked about looking at what's going on underneath and, and dealing with the mental health. When I, I remember this pastor saying years ago, or a few years ago, and, and he's right. He said, when somebody's watching porn, there's so much shame and guilt, like you, you're like you referred to, Brett, mm. and they just think porn is the thing that I got to get out. They focus on the porn, but they don't think about everything else. And so, if you deal with porn, then you're like, oh man, there's like 15 other things, or now I got to deal with anxiety and depression. But when you can just go to like, hey, what's leading me mm. to porn? Sometimes, sometimes our sin is just an indicator of what we actually have to deal with. And uh, and I love what you've said about dealing with. Um, de- dealing with mental health and addressing that. And even what you're talking about with Jesus, where Jesus, really it's a narrow view of Jesus because Jesus will lead us to a sleep clinic. And Jesus, I remember <laughs> I, I, even just recently, I heard a friend, she was getting dreams of going to a naturopath and the naturopath was showing her what to do with her diet. And all of a sudden her medical things got healed. And it's like, man, sometimes it's not just get saved and it's it. It's like Jesus can lead us to different things and and I think that that's probably what you're saying. But and then also, like you're saying, Brett, sometimes his strength is just made perfect in our weakness, and that thorn is going to be with us, but he's going to sustain us. For me, it's become a I kind of hold a tension, which is I don't I don't think I'm ever going to be fully better on this side of heaven. Now I'm not speaking that over myself. Like I've been unwell for almost nine years. I haven't slept seven hours, six hours through the night for like four and a half thousand nights. Like, so, but while I say that, I also continue, like I get, uh, my functional clinic takes blood every three months and we are, you know, testing hormones. And I just, we've just found out that I have very high copper and it's like, wow, well, what does that play a role into? And is my Lyme disease causing this or not? And so while I look at how do I live with this, at the same time, I'm still looking at getting better. And I'm still praying. Like, I still hope this thorn on my side is gone. But the one thing that has given me is a very different platform as a Christian who struggles with this. It is my favorite talk to speak. When I speak it on a Sunday morning, I usually call it Care Sunday. 
And many people say, I've never in my whole life heard a talk on mental health in the church. And it's like, we have to, we have to find a way to help people connect their faith and tough topics like this. And so I, uh, for me, like, it's kind of, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. like, it's not that it will be good. God is helping me work it along with for the good. Like I can come on a podcast like this today. And I do a lot of stuff now, like um, how to make your church a safe space for people with mental health and mental illness. And they're really easy changes, but they're things we have to be willing to say, you know what, we're going to talk to our musical worship leaders and not say everyone rise at the beginning because some people can't. Yeah. And if that's all it is, is a change in language, we can do that. You know, how do we help our people in our communities? Uh, you know, every church can have a, a page or a bulletin board where it shows, you know, here's, you know, different addiction treatment places around. How do we help people walk through these things? And the church can do it. And I do have a video on YouTube, how to, uh, 10 ways to make your church a safe space for people with mental health. Awesome. It's such good stuff, but we really appreciate you sharing. You mentioned YouTube. Where, where can people find you? There's YouTube in likely different places. Yeah, if people go to my website, which is just brettallman.com uh, and B-R-E-T-T-U-L-L-M-A-N.com, all my social media, kind of like everyone, is at the top of that. You can find YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn. I actually challenge people um, to like, like if you find an author, if you find a speaker, a pastor that you really enjoy or a thought leader or a podcast, whatever, like them on everything. Because then when you turn on social media later, you will get content from thought leaders and other people like that. Uh, so all my content there, my YouTube channel has about 220 videos, uh, many on like mental health and parenting are my two biggest things. And if you search on that for hope for the walking wounded, uh, I actually last like through kind of the rough COVID season of January through March, I did all my talks as a live and they're all on my YouTube channel. You can find that. And then from that, um, I do have a, a new book, which is called Parenting, Navigating Everything. But the largest chapter, so the first six chapters are parenting. The last 10 are every topic. Pornography is a chapter. Sex is a chapter. Dating and mental health is also one. And so the chapters on pornography would be my newest content on that. And this is not a normal book. Uh, it is a 226,000 word handbook. It's about five to six books in size. But as opposed to you buying five to six books, it's the price of, it's 40 bucks. It's the price of two books. And you can find that uh, on Amazon, on my website and everywhere as well. Wow, that's amazing, Brett. Thanks for sharing those things because these resources help. And thanks again for being on this podcast and everybody out there, wherever you are, we just want you to be encouraged by this in the sense that you are not forgotten. God is with mm. you, he's for you. Even if you feel like the messaging that's been given to you, maybe in regards to mental health, you felt like you've been forgotten that you've been left behind, that you don't fit in because of whatever you're going through. But we just want to give you hope here that God is for you and with you. There are ways that we can move forward in this. And Brett's a great uh, resource and speaker to this. And so look into his stuff and he can be a, a great beacon of, of um, uh, information and hope and, and help in this area as well. So thanks, Brett. And thanks everybody for being on this podcast. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.